0: Okay, here we go. What are you nervous about? Just say you had a good time. Well, this has been nice. Maybe see you again sometime. (sighs) No, 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 too simple. Don't be so cold. I've really enjoyed this evening. Do you want to meet again? Oh, that's too forward. You're about as suave
1: as Buzz Lightyear. Could you be any more of a cliché? Oh!
0: Ah! Whoa! Whoa! Ah, my head! Where did you come from? Your head. Oh, it feels like it's
1: split
0: in half. Exactly. You can think of me as your better half. You're inside my head. Catch on fast, don't you, buddy boy? But why? That chip on your shoulder brought me here. Oh, I know I'm a mess eater, but that is gross. Not the remains of your dinner, but that is gross. Think of me like a virus. Oh, not food poisoning. I better tell the chef. The whole place could be infected. Not that kind of
1: virus, dopey. Listen, I'm a construct, an engram of another
0: soul inhabiting that meat sack you call a body. Mm, can see why you didn't open with that.
1: And while you're out there schmoozing, I'm in your head, cringing my ass off.
0: Oh, were you in my head at lunchtime in the office toilet cubicle? Bummer when there's no tissue, right? Let's move on.
1: Why don't we? Because I've got biz to discuss. A special commish from the top of the top. Excuse me? Listen real close to the deets. You need to play more video games for the podcast. I do? Yeah, much more. Games these days aren't a passing fancy. You have to go all in, rock the establishment, break the mold, dude. But what What about my other commitments?
0: My plans? My dreams? All
1: that out there... It's just noise. A distraction from your true calling. Trust me, man, I've
0: been there. The Matrix 4. Let's move on. Isn't 20 hours of gaming every three weeks enough?
1: Nowhere near. You've got to grind harder. If you want to be remembered as a legend, you've got to give it your all.
0: Oh, maybe you're right.
1: And start out that pathetic haircut. Games podcasting looks are everything. Hmm. How about a tattoo? Sure, why not? Print your name across your
0: forehead so nobody ever forgets. That I'm not Ben, I'm Taylor,
1: and I'm not Keanu Reeves, I'm Ben.
0: And this is Pixel Vision. Pixel Vision. <laughs> Nice. I don't think there could be a second take of that, even if we wanted it, because your voice is just going to (laughs) collapse. Man,
1: although I have got quite, like, a clear idea in my head of what Keanu Reeves sounds like, what I'm actually imitating there is I just started this new yoga instructor called Travis (laughs) Elliott, and I swear down, he's like, he looks like a sort of hunky Elon Musk, and he sounds like Keanu
0: Reeves, but doing yoga. As you root down through the toes and you lift all the way up through the arms, the hands, the fingertips, take one last goodbye inhale there, and then heels down, right arm down on
1: the exhale. I was just modeling everything I said in him. He's just like clarity of mind, focus on your heart, your body. Because the only
0: thing stopping you from being unstoppable is yourself. This is the same location as Batman's Garage. I mean, why not? Might as well go big or go home, right? Wow, intense. Yeah, it's so intense. Live yoga instructor?
1: No, 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 no. Just uh, watching yeah. YouTube vids, mate. I made okay. of money. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Patreons aren't <laughs> flashing me that well. Is that, is that a phrase? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I get you anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, hint, hint, listeners. If you want to get on board haven't plugged our patreon this year or last year probably Have we
0: ever plugged our patreon just reference it obliquely yeah a couple of times (laughs) a couple of times we have for sure (music) nice well that was uh keanu reeves and so is this game that we've been playing (laughs) for the last few weeks (laughs) yeah Cyberpunk 2077. What are your thoughts? What were your initial reacts?
1: Well, my thoughts are how big is too big? Mm. And I'm not talking about the penis on the character creation screen. (laughs) Here's a little number I tossed off recently in the
0: Caribbean. Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Yeah, nice. Isn't it frightfully good to have a dong? It's swell to have a stiffy. It's divine to own a dick. From the tiniest little tadger to the world's biggest prick. It really sets the tone with that, doesn't it? The first moment you go into the game and you create your character, and you're like, oh, okay, do my face, do my face. Legs, okay, what? Penis size, genitals, yeah. What? <laughs>
1: Any particular vaginal pubic hair decoration that you want? Yeah,
0: I mean, I just, I didn't know. I just didn't know what to think. Supple breasts? Did you choose to? Have? What I, didn't, I can't, I can't remember. I think I just. Did you go for flaccid and circumcised? I mean, I, I did look at the, it's, I did look at the options, but I think I pretty much just went for default on on everything.
1: I was going to say because, like, I know this is such an ambitious game. Mm. It's a really fucking hefty game. And I was wondering, because I think you've played, hopefully you've played around 20 hours, have you
0: said? Yeah, yeah.
1: You said 18 earlier, is it? Is that?
0: Well, I, I usually say around 20 hours on the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> I think it, it was 18. But you said 25 hours, and I checked your Steam account before this, and it only said 21 hours. So how can that be possible? Maybe your, your Steam cloud hasn't synced or something.
1: Well, maybe it hasn't, because I'm literally reading that from the in-game character stats screen, where it says total time played. So, yeah, I did say over 25 hours. But I was wondering, of those 18 hours that you've put in, how many of those were spent (laughs) deciding on your character traits? (laughs) And in particular,
0: your genitals and what gender you are. Or sex, I should say. Well, I did go through it twice because when I found out we'd chosen the same background, I thought it would be interesting to choose a different background. Because, yeah, at the start of the game, you can choose one of three backgrounds nomad street life and corpo and playing through it like there's a decent number of different dialogue options based on your background so i thought it'd be good for us to have a different path
1: so what did you go with in the end because i went nomad uh, which i know you did to begin with
0: mm. yeah so i went corpo in the end you start off in like as a corporate person and then get brought down to the same place where you would have ended up as well.
1: And what does that mean in terms of your backstory? Because, like, for nomads, so they are more or less what they sound like, but they're slightly more kind of, like, I guess, like, travellers or something. They still consider themselves part of a nomad family, but they're not tied to any corporation. They're kind of free spirits. They're floating A to B, mm. trading here and there. Hey, look. <laughs> <clears throat> I've
0: helped as much I'm going here. She still got a car. I suggest you use it for your no-welcome anymore. I
1: think, think you okay. can. You should fuck off now, but you still got the
0: legs the to you? No, no. Sorry, Mickey. Just give us our money back and you can keep your caravan. Why the fuck do I want a caravan it has got no fucking wheels? What is it like to be a corporo? Corpo, rather. Just as exactly as you can imagine. So the place where the game is set is like a uh, cyberpunk dystopia. You're either kind of like part of the corporate regime who basically control the world and as a corpo you're just a part of that at the start mm. so you're pretty high up in arasaka corp one of the corporations that runs the world and yeah you get fucked Wait, hey, hey, all right it. chill out chill out chill out all right, all right. i'll
1: give you your tear monologue in a minute we haven't got there well, I... <laughs> <laughs> I thought like just i just asking a
0: little bit of background on the corpo, corpo i didn't know how i could explain it without giving a little bit of the context
1: yeah fair enough
0: fair enough Gut reaction then, I obviously
1: I was just kind of being tongue-in-cheek and setting up that cock gag at the beginning mm. with the how big is too big. But in all seriousness, <laughs> while it is a massive game and I'd say it took me a long time to get into it and stop being daunted by how much there is to do. Yeah. By the time that we're recording this, I very much am into it and I would have to say I am absolutely loving it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was really, really enjoying it, Like the last five hours that I played especially. Like you say, initially, super overwhelming and I did kind of feel like it had sort of jacked into all trades but wasn't really mastering any of them. Whoa. But uh, jacked
1: in as well <laughs> nice little pun
0: <laughs> but it actually to be fair to it it does a lot of things really really well and yeah i very much am enjoying it it's good
1: cool well let's quickly get your tear monologue and we can go from there
0: cyberpunk 2077 massive game from cd project red who are the devs behind the witcher series but a really different game from those, that's so first-person, cyberpunk as the name suggests. What it wants to be is something like Fallout, where there's as many peaceful ways to solve things in the game as there are violent ways, but it wants both of those pathways to be interesting. So lots of, like, gunplay, you can fight with melee weapons, you can be a netrunner and hack basically everything around you in the world, like, it's pretty overwhelming. Choices are a little bit limited, maybe, but there are a lot of things to hack if you want to go down that route. And loads of side quests, loads of stories. massive city to explore. Like, I was mostly focusing on the main story, which was fun and engaging, but there's shit tons of stuff to do in that city and a few bugs here and there which is what it was infamous for at launch <laughs> and one of the reasons why we haven't played it till now but yeah like it's a massive sprawling rpg if you're a fan of those things i think we're pretty much bound to love this game
1: apparently
0: it's based on a pen and paper game yeah exactly an rpg do you know about that have you played that no no i haven't played it i've only read about it so essentially all that means i guess is that there's like a lot of source material for them to work with like lore and stuff exactly lore so kind of in the same way as with control there was like a million little tablets that you could pick up around the world this is the same like it's littered with stuff you can read if you want to read it I don't know who's got time to read every single tablet and uh, book that's going on. No,
1: but saying that, I
0: started that. Did you? I
1: started that when we first got into uh, it because I didn't I know didn't how fucking many why. there were going to be. Also, I thought it might be that thing of like, once you've read one, It, like, logs and you remember and then you can reference it in dialogue options later or something like that. Mm. So, yeah, I did every single little tablet I saw lying around, I tried to read. And then it just, as you say, becomes too overwhelming. There's too much going on. And also, it's one of those little gripes, I guess, from a game design perspective, that, like, once you've read one, I kind of want it to not highlight that one again because I've seen it. Whereas in this... You have to interact with it before you know what you're reading and you've
0: already read it 30 times or something. That's one of the little polishes which I'd say it often feels like the game is missing. Like if you picked up a book once, you're obviously not going to read that book again. And generally the signposting in the game is really clear. Like it's not overwhelming with the UI, but it does lead you in the right direction. So like things you can pick up are just like highlighted on your screen really nicely and it's not obtrusive. So generally that kind of stuff works well. But yeah, little polishing bits like that, you're right, are missing.
1: Well, you say there are some bugs, but like, I think we should kind of address that straight away because that was the big thing that mm. everyone who heard about this game... I mean, one of the reasons I didn't even buy it... Initially, I was so hyped for it, obviously, after Witcher 3 and stuff. And I was so hyped with the whole project and what it aspired to be... But then on launch, it just was critiqued so harshly from every corner, it seemed. And like these videos were online of crazy stuff and graphics comparisons that were just highlighting total inadequate graphics in different times. And I was really put off. Cyberpunk 2077 is out after an eight year wait, but that does not mean it's free of bugs. Today, we're looking at some Cyberpunk 2077 glitches, and as you probably know, there's definitely a lot. For this list, we're looking at the weirdest and funniest glitches in Cyberbug, sorry, Cyberpunk 2077.
0: Something feels off here.
1: You don't say. But then a year on, I don't know what your experience was, but I almost didn't encounter that many bugs at all. And the bugs I did encounter were like, so irrelevant to anything.
0: Yeah, I'd say the ones that I encountered are closer to sort of Skyrim jank like people walking into walls and dialogue options happening at like weird times kind of like through walls and stuff like that but hardly anything really and nothing which I would consider game breaking.
1: Oh no, not even close.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I didn't follow the the criticisms of it that much at launch but I think it looks Pretty spectacular, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. What were the
1: graphical complaints?
0: (laughs) Honestly, I was like,
1: this is probably the closest, and not just in graphics, but in a whole sort of immersive experience that I can think there's been to, like, a Westworld-type space. You know that series Westworld, Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like this artificial... ...land that you can go to and enact all your sort of fantasies, no matter how sort of sordid. Yeah. And it's a safe space to do that. In Westworld, they're all AIs and actually, is it safe or not? Probably not.
0: Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Welcome to Westworld. No orientation no guidebook all our hosts are here for you in this world you can be whoever
1: you want but in this you're playing a game and it's creepy
0: yeah and because of the subject matter and how like adult i guess they're trying to make the game it feels a bit uncomfortable and gratuitous at times like there are like sex scenes in it one of the first missions like you pick up a naked woman like out of an ice bath and take her to like this flying ambulance, which is waiting for her. And I felt a bit uncomfortable as a player at that point because it was just a, a little bit too real. <laughs> this is really interesting, though, because like you must have expected that to some extent
1: because Witcher, the whole series has been like super graphic and full of sex scenes and has spawned like loads of spin offs or fantasy fiction or whatever they call it erotic fiction and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I don't know, I wasn't surprised that they put that in. And I wonder whether it more speaks to what their vision of the future is this like really dark it is a dark vision but it doesn't mm. seem implausible i don't think like no. corporations take off massively and everyone just distracts themselves with their base desires and it seems like pretty much everywhere there's like gambling shit tons of sex and these things they call brain dances mm. which are essentially like virtual experiences where you can live another person's experience vicariously Hmm. That seems totally plausible.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And In
1: a way, that is what this game is, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. The meta is that you're doing that, but as much as you can do in our current reality. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I think going back to the, the sex or, like, the gratuitous violence or whatever in it, in The Witcher, it, it feels a little bit more cartoonian and slapstick. Like, The Witcher is dark at times, but maybe because the game is third-person, and it's a little bit older. I don't know, I never really felt that in which I like the sex in the which I just thought was funny. But this I thought like I feel a bit uncomfortable <laughs> behind the screen right now. That's interesting
1: because like I've got to say I did also find it like quite gross at times mm. and like you felt uncomfortable but I also found it like weirdly attractive. Like it's really alluring. It's like it's that same it sort of stimulates that same curiosity that you have when you can like you're walking along a street at 1am on the way back from a bar and you can see a strip club that's slightly open and there's bounces outside and you can see kind of colors and movement inside and you're kind of intrigued and it, this game is like gives you that but then also just gives you everything else
0: <laughs> a sordid a sordid safe space a safe space to be sordid yeah kind of i guess said you weren't coming tonight not if i can help it
1: changed my mind lover look at you all hot and bothered
0: i've got to say that like i did have my girlfriend in the room while I was playing it, which could have contributed to how I felt towards it. Although, to be honest, I think I... <laughs> was
1: she like, "What the hell is this game? What are you doing, you dirty bastard!" Wow, well, it
0: was a bit unlucky because because <laughs> she saw that first scene where you're carrying that naked woman, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess that's how this game's gonna be." And then we had a, a conversation a bit later on, and she basically said like, "This is a, a game which is aimed at guys." I kind of like made a bit of a pathetic argument i was like no no girls play it as well blah 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 and then literally straight after that conversation that was the sex scene where you're like in keanu reeves head and it's really explicit and i was like yeah fair <laughs> i don't really have a leg to stand on
1: oh yeah i'd forgotten about that sex scene he goes twice and you see both times yeah and then she just sits totally naked chatting to you as well yeah, uh, yeah. for a good few minutes afterwards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the game uh, has a photo mode as well, like where you can revolve around the environment and stuff, which in brain dances is actually a gameplay element because Mm. you have to sort of examine them from different angles and look for clues in the environment, but you can just do it anytime in the game as well. So that's always interesting when you get a scene like that. Yeah. (laughs) You dirty, dirty bastard. I actually don't agree that it's, um, that it's tailored towards guys, necessarily. But maybe that's a discussion for later on. That being said, I mean, it certainly is sexual as hell. So if you think, like, appealing to sort of base instincts and sexuality and pretty much drumming up an entire storyline around that is a male story, then... Yeah, it's tailored towards guys. But I I don't think that I mean you literally walk along the road and pretty much every building has it has like a poster outside that says like lick or suck or like one of the places you're walking along it's got neon lights and it says like fuck me hard or something like that.
0: Mm. There's advertisements for beer and it's like literally a bottle like through a woman's cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> like stuff like that. Fizzing over if I remember rightly. But you could say like is that is that the game trying to appeal to men? Or is it the game like showing the, the world as it is or like a version of that extreme male gaze taken into the future? Mm. I think probably a bit of both. Down with sexism. Look at all those feminists you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. All right! (laughs) G'day.
1: Hi, it's Ben from Southend. Ben-o! I was just wondering, is my girlfriend
0: definitely going to end up looking like her mum? Don't worry about the future, mate. Just enjoy the now. Who knows? She could turn out to be a Vorderman. Oh, that'd be nice. (laughs) I've got to go. No. No worries, mate. Foster's. Good call. Did you choose a male character or a female one? No, I chose a female character in the end.
1: Yeah, me too. I guess
0: there were multiple romantic partners I could have had mm. of both genders. Mm. Yeah. I mean I didn't do any um didn't have any romantic subplots with my character at all. But the sex scene that I'm referring to because I mean we might as well say it right because it's been in all the advertising and everything yeah is, yeah, like, is that keanu reeves is in your head
1: <laughs> yeah i mean we haven't really touched on the
0: plot yet but that's no. a big part of it <laughs> but so keanu reeves is in your head as, as johnny silverhand and there are like many scenes within the main plot where you're playing as him, and so you have no choice but to be a man at, at those moments. Yeah, his
1: character is very much, like, sort of punk rocker from mm. the late 80s, early 90s, I guess. He's all about, like, drink, drugs, sex, and then as soon as he gets off stage, he goes and robs a place. Ah! Again, I don't think this is a huge spoiler, but he ends up being labelled a terrorist for an action he commits.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's rebelling against the the corporate dystopia that the world has become. So Mm -hmm. he wants wants to bring it down and just will stop at nothing to do it. Well, his dialogues with your character, because you have these dialogues with him in your
1: head, in your character V... Uh, mine was called V. Was yours V? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, V's head. I think all the characters are called V. Certainly in my, my character's discussions with him, my character seems like, I don't want to say nihilistic, but almost like kind of just a little bit like hopeless and all they care about is surviving and like wanting to be a legend of Night City, which everyone yeah. seems to want to do. Yeah. I guess it's a sort of satire of fame, like seeking fame, essentially, like a crass way of doing that. Whereas Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Silverhand, is very much like... I just want to bring down fucking corporations because they're the
0: evil. I've declared war not because capitalism's a thorn in my side or out of nostalgia for an America gone by. This war's a people's war against a system that spiraled out of our control. It's a war against the fucking forces of entropy. Understand? There's like an irony at play there because it seems like what everyone wants is to be remembered after they die. But then right from the very beginning on the TV, you hear about this technology, which means you can essentially live forever in cyberspace, which is exactly what Johnny Silverhand, Keanu Reeves' character, has managed to do. But he doesn't want to live forever in cyberspace. He's happy to die as long as he dies for the cause. Mm. I feel like this is a good point to actually get into the plot a
1: little bit, at least what the launch pad is and like the lifting off point, Mm. because... Anyone playing the game would encounter that pretty quickly. And I think it's, it's fairly mm. important to understand that. So initially, you're on a heist with your partner, Jackie Wells. You've been hired to go and rob this, well, at the time you don't know what it is, a suitcase that needs to be kept at a certain temperature. You've got a nick it from this guy in this big tower block. The guy is the son of a super powerful... I want to say oligarch, but he's Chinese. (laughs) Um, Or Japanese. Japanese, Oh, shit. I want to say (laughs) oligarch, but he's Japanese. (laughs) Yeah, so whatever the equivalent of a Russian oligarch is, but from Japan, Mm. he runs this huge conglomerate. that's super powerful. I think it says he's lived for like 150 years or Mm. something like that. And he's been at the top of this business that entire time. Yeah. And his son just kills him right in front of you during the heist. And then to throw off the blame from himself, he claims there's been an intruder, not realising that there really has been and that it's you and you're stood metres away watching. Mm. And so the whole building goes down into lockdown. I don't know what he thought, presumably just like, oh, well, we can just say that whoever it was escaped afterwards. And in fact, obviously, you are trying to escape the lockdown. Mm. And then Jackie gets shot and it becomes like, how did this happen? What is in the suitcase, which you find out pretty quickly is the shard... Uh, containing Keanu Reeves, who gets put into your
0: head and goes from there, really. Do you want to add to that, Tay? No, no, but it's a pretty epic opening act. Like, I was really impressed with those story missions. I thought they were very, very fun. Super cinematic as well. And the script, man. The script is great, isn't it? It's like
1: such a genius... I think the writing's really strong.
0: Yeah, I think I think the writing's strong. Like, it strays into James Bond's dialogue territory, I'd say, sometimes. Do you yeah. But, like... As in, like, it's a bit, like, overly villainous. Basically, like, a bit dramatic. But, yeah, in in general. What's the matter, James? No glib remark? No pithy comeback? Why?
1: (laughs) Hilarious question. Particularly from you. Did you ever ask why? Why we toppled all those dictators, undermined all those regimes, only to come home? Well done, good job, but sorry, old boy. Everything you risked your life and limb for has changed. It was the job we were chosen for. Of course you'd say that. James Bond, the Majesty's loyal terrier, defender of the so-called faith. Oh, please, James, put it away. Oh, man, I think it's quite tongue-in-cheek. Like There's one line I want to mention where... uh, (laughs) ..where when the guy who has developed the technology that contains Keanu Reeves that's in your head... You kind of kidnap him and you ask him, like, what is this? Like, how did it come about? Why did you think it was OK? And he says it was intended to be used on bodies that are neurally indifferent, which just made me laugh out loud because then V goes, you mean dead? And he's like, uh, yeah, yes." <laughs> it's just like a brilliant way of writing
0: that, like neurally indifferent. Yeah, that is really good. I didn't get that piece of dialogue. So what's that character's name? Can you remember? Hellman. Hellman. Ah, uh, yeah, because I was thinking of Alt Cunningham is a different character yeah
1: that's the girl Keanu's plowing in the explicit sex scene
0: that you talked up exactly who well I mean I, I won't spoil too much of the story from that point onwards but yeah there's lots of it I didn't see but that path I saw quite a lot of
1: but you, you thought the dialogue was a little bit hammy a little bit James Bond villainish, ish do you
0: do you expect me to talk no Mr Bond I expect you to die yeah well like sometimes it made me laugh and sometimes i really felt the tension like that scene there where you see that murder in front of you and you're just an unsuspecting witness to it and then it gets pinned on you is a great moment so cinematic at other times i guess i just found it a bit hammy saburo arasaka dead you got any notion of the shit you pulled me into you are the fucking emperor his majesty Anyone with so much as a pinky toe dipped in this mess is as good as dead.
1: But I really liked how it gave you, it felt like each of the choices you had in your dialogue tree actually led to different outcomes or at least different responses. Mm. You know how I think we've talked previously in this podcast about those titles that give you a, a dialogue tree or an apparent dialogue tree and no matter which the options you choose, they kind of answer it in the same way like they managed to tie any of those options into the sort of one answer fits all but this you really like you can choose an option and then not see the other options for another couple of minutes while you're following that dialogue tree yeah yeah and when you do pick up back at where you left off it's just flows it sounds very natural
0: yeah i agree it's the dialogue trees are impressive in that way also and it's so big that you don't actually feel like you've got time to see everything so it's not like you're pressing every single dialogue option like finding out where everything goes it's like that was the scene as i'm gonna have it and then you move on yeah and we talked about the backgrounds earlier i really felt like every character there was not every character but so often there were options to do with my background or stuff where i didn't even choose a dialogue option which is really clearly labeled but they would just say something to me that was to do with my background and i was like that's such good attention to detail
1: yeah really cool I agree with you on that. And I also felt that the characters that you meet felt way more dimensional than two-dimensional. Mm. I mean, one comes to mind is a character who is introduced... She's the one who hires you for the, for the heist at the beginning, Evelyn Parker. You only meet her quite fleetingly, but she's really sort of intriguing, mysterious character. I was really compelled by her anyway.
0: Surely you know what they say about Arasaka Intel. Sneeze in Night City, and a blossom drops from a cherry tree in Tokyo.
1: And she puts this proposal to you that essentially you rip off your fixer. So normally you get hired for a heist through a third party called a fixer. Yours is this guy called Deshawn. Dexter Deshawn, yeah. And he's a pretty cool guy, you know. I quite liked him. I didn't really want to do him over, which is more or less how my character feels when it's proposed that she does do that. Mm. And I kind of left it open with Evelyn. I was like, "Ah, maybe I will, maybe I won't sort of thing. And I wanted to see how it played out. Mm. And spoiler alert, a little bit. Well, quite a lot, actually.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair for us to spoil the first act okay alright
1: spoiler alert I'd fully decided in my mind yeah I'm gonna cut out Deshawn I'm gonna go to Evelyn Parker and help her out blah 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 the heist goes south Deshawn tries to kill you (laughs) like you get a bullet to the head Deshawn ends up dying let's put it that way and subsequently you have to track down Evelyn Parker because she's got the fuck out of Dodge Mm. and then when you do find her she's like in a state she's been like abused by like some other 'er ne'er-do-wells nerd-do-wells whatever (laughs) wrongdoers and I just felt it was a tragedy at that point. Like I I had initially wanted to hold her to account and then I saw her in this state and then she ends up killing herself. I was like, oh my God, I felt so immersed in her character, a character that I'd only actually been on screen with for probably
0: like 10 minutes tops. Mm. (laughs) It was
1: really impressive writing, I thought.
0: Yeah, agreed. And storytelling at that point because you're presented with a really standard, quite gamey decision to make between two options. And you think at some point you're going to have the dialogue option like, Fuck over to Deshaun or like whatever, but it just it goes in a completely different direction, and you never actually have to make that choice at all, and instead it goes somewhere else. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, what had you decided to do with that? Oh, the, exactly the same as you. <laughs> 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 because I thought the one option just seemed more riskier and like more fun, basically. Yeah. But I was glad when Deshaun fucks you over because you're like, yeah, yeah, this is what I was planning on doing to you. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's a really cool scene as well. Although
0: I will say that one of the bugs I had
1: encountered and continue to encounter a bit, and like, it almost feels unfair to call it a bug, because it's kind of just a pacing issue, but it's like between lines of dialogue, sometimes there's just like a really protracted pause before the next one sort of fires. And when that happens, I'm always like, "Uh, is this going to carry on? And then it does. That happened during that... Deshaun scene and it's happened like loads of other times as well especially when you're talking to um I mean there's god there's so many plot strands but like the bodyguard who uh initially was the bodyguard of the Japanese guy that I talked to you about
0: who gets killed. Mm, Siguro Arasaka
1: yeah. Arasaka yeah you know he knows his instinct is that the son has killed him and so he decides to team up with you he rescues you to try and like hold him to account Mm. because he feels shamed that he failed in his duty basically and it's not his fault it's the son's fault Mm. and so he kind of teams up with you and helps you out and in a lot of his dialogue i find these really protracted pauses between lines
0: it's like i never actually experienced that but if you want to skip dialogue i love the way it like fast forwards the animation yes It's like you're fast-forwarding a a living film. It's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. How did they do that? (laughs) I don't know, but it's wicked. I love that as well. Yeah. Also, it really discourages
1: you from fast-forwarding it because you're like, Mm. what if the character is animated in such a way I'd like to see it? And so many of them are. Like, one of the things that I was really blown away by, I mean, we've said already graphically it's no slouch whatsoever, which is probably reinforced by the fact that we're quite privileged and able to play it on pretty high spec gaming PCs, yeah. but, like, the character models, I swear down, maybe they're not unique, but they feel unique. Like, when you're walking around the city, it yeah. feels like everyone's dressed differently, and looks yeah.
0: different, and has different mods. And it's not like, I don't know, in GTA, like, everyone's just walking. It's the same, like, everyone's got the same walking animation. It feels like everyone's, like, got their own unique little, like, yeah, gate. traits <laughs> yeah. about the play. gate. Yeah, exactly. Even my mum commented on that. My mum caught a little bit of me playing it, and she was like, well, things are getting pretty real, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's so so impressive. Achieve and she even commented on the on the way that people walk. Yeah, I didn't notice a repeated a repeated face so who knows what they've done that.
1: but also in your interactions with characters they seem to have mannerisms like actual mannerisms oh, yeah. like in one of them you go into a business meeting and one of them's like kind of slouching on the sofa the other one's sitting cross-legged and quite erect and like one of them will sort of gesture with their hand or smoke someone else has like kind of got a fidget and they're like scratching their arm there's so many little gestures that just bring the characters to life
0: Yeah, definitely. The the one that really caught my eye was in one of those scenes, your friend Jackie, or like your partner in crime Jackie. He's got that thing, you know, when your knee twitches up and down?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) In exactly that way. My knee does that all the time. Your knee does that when you're like (laughs) playing a board game or something and it's like a tense moment. Anytime my anxiety's getting ramped up. He's just got that knee twitch. I just thought that was, yeah, such good attention to detail.
1: That must have been so galling for them on launch when one of the big criticisms was... Cause of that bug that made the characters stand still with their arms out like sort of scarecrows <laughs> in a field and i i 've got to say I did see one NPC doing that while yeah. I was playing, um, and I also saw another one like half with his legs halfway through the floor, but like those things must have been so frustrating that everyone was choosing to focus on the those sort of the outliers i guess yeah, yeah those outliers and anomalies when in fact. They've spent so much time and effort Mm -hmm. making every character feel individual, even NPCs.
0: Yeah, impressive. I thought it was great. And I, I don't care that much about graphics, but you can't really help but be really wild playing in this one
1: yeah especially because like you said before all the characters aren't just kind of walking woodenly to and fro off from A to B. I i walk past a building site and there's guys like having coffees hanging out on the lift that goes up the side of the building up the scaffolding and when i came back the lift was like going up they were like in and doing a different thing different places like still working i was like jesus christ this feels genuine <laughs> it's really <laughs> impressive
0: does everyone have their own little like path How many how procedural is it? How like handcrafted is it? I've no idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I mean, it makes you think if they'd have made it not quite so expansive. As Taya said earlier, Night City is huge. It's massive, both vertically and in terms of sprawl out into the sort of badlands.
0: Mm.
1: And it makes you think if they hadn't made it quite so big, would it have been even more polished? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what is the cap at this juncture? Like, how taxing can they make graphics and how realistic can they make them? Because I feel like with... I didn't experience Uncanny Valley in this, not at all. I was just kind of in awe. And I felt, like you said, a bit creepy that you had this sort of
0: playground to do whatever you wanted. Mm. It must be also to do with the because it's a custom game engine right cd project red that they i guess they used for the witcher as well so they're not just leaning on unity or or unreal or something like that to do it so they're able to have the privilege of like building the engine which they're using for the game that must help them with optimization because i wasn't expecting it to run as smoothly. like my laptop wasn't even hot when i was running it really or just a normal amount of heat Mm. that must really help them to do it new but used salvaged from some other junker Someone cleaned the cooling fan. Filled up the brake
1: fluid. We should mention, like, skilling up and the tree, and we should mention the skill tree, basically.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, as most RPGs do, you've got your inventory, you've got your clothes, which you can add modifications to, your weapons, which you can add modifications to, your skills, so you've got, like, hacking, guns, cool. Reflexes, body, which like, strength
1: and aggression.
0: There was a little bit of... Obviously not as far as Disco Elysium. But in the same way that the Disco Elysium skill tree really made you feel like you were in the world, I thought this one did as well, because it's not just a reskin of like a fantasy RPG or something like that it felt like all the skills were tailored to your character well tailored to a cyberpunk setting basically mm. which
1: it's kind of hard to do if I had a criticism of the skill tree it's that some of the skills just didn't seem that appealing to begin with mm. especially body for instance which is like your strength your stamina it affects like how fast of a car you can rob for instance like mm. if, if it's a really flashy car you might need a high rank in
0: body yeah exactly but like things like that 一 actually stops you from performing a bunch of actions if you don't go down that skill tree which I really like and it's exactly the same in in Disco Elysium.
1: Yeah you can't open stuck doors and stuff. Yeah that's cool for sure another example would be um, Reflex which I basically didn't put any points in because it seemed when I was going through it that it really was just kind of like improved your handguns or improved your rifle or improved you know like what I felt to be quite bland Mm. endeavours within the game versus for instance Intelligence where you could do quick hacking and you could like unlock demons and networks and lower resistances and get more money from access points and all this stuff that felt like the whole world was my oyster or I could improve my gun by 2% damage or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. At times it does stray a little bit into like percentage increases, which can be a bit dry for sure. Yeah, that is fair. But like I played with like a katana, which you start with (laughs) uh, net running as well. So all all the hacking stuff. And, I don't know, it was pretty fun. Like, I hardly used guns at all. I was just going around, like, slashing people's heads off (laughs) and hacking them at the same time. So did you
1: go for cool, presumably?
0: You put loads of stuff in stealth? No, just intelligence and reflexes, pretty much, and a little bit in technical ability.
1: Oh, really? Mm. I went all-out technical intelligence, um, and the rest was put into cool. So my body's fairly low, and my reflex is non-existent Mm. i mean i must be the clumsiest guy in the room at any given point i literally don't know how i'm stood up because i didn't put any points in there but it does do that great thing of making it feel like a genuine tough dilemma Mm. when you level up because you've encountered so many options that you couldn't do because you didn't have enough points and you're like oh i really want to put points in everything and leveling up feels like you have to graft to get like it's not constant it's not
0: regular I like that. I like those things. Yeah, for sure. There were loads of cool dialogue options, which are grayed out for me, which is a shame I was missing. But then again, like when a, a dialogue option came along where you needed 12 intelligence, which is quite a lot, like I pumped a lot of points into that. And I was able to take it. That felt really rewarding.
1: Yeah. Even though some of those dialogue choices don't necessarily seem like perks per se, so much as just different options. Yeah. So like, for instance, it might require you to have I don't know nine technical to recognize that some van has a certain override system or something like that. Mm. But when you show off that knowledge in your dialogue, it doesn't give you any obvious perk. It's just kind of like you get to show off that knowledge.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true that's true
1: i mean sometimes it does sometimes you can open a door you can hack a turret or whatever mm. but what did you think of the way they implemented that whole net running cyber element of like hacking stuff and taking it over
0: you can hack so many things And i haven't played that classic hacking game watchdogs or the second one watchdog legion which came out where like the whole selling point of that game was like you can hack everything right that
1: was the third one i think wasn't it wasn't there watchdog 2 in between
0: oh maybe yeah But either way, the whole selling point of that game is that you could hack everything. And I kind of always thought, like, really? And then I read a few reviews where it's like, you can hack anything, but there's nothing you can actually do that's interesting on it.
1: Start profiling things around you. People,
0: devices. See what you can pull from them. That's what helps us figure out our next ops. I'd say this isn't, like, 2077 isn't, like, 100% successful. Like, you can hack everything, but quite often it's the same options that you can do on everything like you can hack people short circuit their optics so they can't see anymore and you can see past them you can stop their gun from working get them to call for backup so that other enemies from other parts go towards them or just like hurt them by like discharging them or whatever so, so there are a few options
1: but also it depends on what what mods you've got and what mm-hmm. you've unlocked and how advanced your hacking ability is right
0: yeah for sure. i mean that like there's so like an overwhelming amount of quick hacks that you can buy you go to the quick hack shop and there's like 40 different ones and you, i could only hold like four on my whatever it's called do you know what I'm not sure I've been to the quick hack shop do you just mean the ripper dog no no not the ripper dog that's something else entirely but that is really cool as well (laughs) so the quick hacks are just like programs that you can use on things that you can hack that'd be people doors whatever whatever so many things disable optics short circuit memory wipe and once you get the perk which means you automatically see everything like you don't have to do your scan to see things that can be hacked you just see everything at once that can be scanned and i was almost a bit annoyed that i bought that just because it made my ui like light up (laughs) with all of the different things that i could hack in front of me but no yeah the the ripper doc's more to do with like your body modifications isn't it
1: yeah Ripperdoc's awesome. So the Ripperdoc
0: puts you together and replaces, you've got a really cool
1: one, I think, called Victor. Mm. He seems like a sound guy. Like, he does so much work for you at the beginning. You end up owing him 21,000 Eddies, which we're going to get onto because I fucking love Eddies. But, um,. (laughs) Yeah, he, you end up owing him a shit ton of money anyway And he just doesn't ask for it back He keeps just offering you more stuff And he's like, ah, it's alright, I'll put it on your tab But you, well, if you're me, I felt like obligated to pay him mm. back I really wanted to pay him back And it's one of your jobs, so I did that Initially you meet him, he's putting in new eyewear Like this new ocular implant But its it turns out to be quite like the most basic one ever And you can obviously upgrade mm. it hugely Displays data on your cornea Cherry on the top's a built-in external lens disruptor In layman's terms, any surveillance cam will capture your face as a blur. And just remember, your body will still show up as crystal clear. But they can do anything. Like, they'll give you new legs that mean you can jump twice. Classic sort of arcade gamer
0: vibe. (laughs) Hands that have blades on them and stuff. Yeah, it, like, it gets to the point where you feel, a li- not quite the same, but you know that FPS crisis? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you're like that robot. It feels a little bit like that. Like, you really do feel like a an, an augmented person, don't you?
1: Yeah. And also there was a Netflix show recently whose name temporarily escapes me, but where all the bodies are called sheaths and essentially you just
0: replace the consciousness into different ones. It's carbon something, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it is. I only, I haven't watched it, I just saw a poster for it. Yeah, I
1: can't remember what it's called, but carbon is in the title. It's definitely not carbon neutral. <laughs> carbon.
0: <laughs> Which it's is just
1: hammering on my brain in the background. Word association,
0: word association. <laughs> <laughs> the dullest drama ever. Carbon neutral. <laughs> nice no, jokes. Your body is not who you are. You shed it like a snake sheds its skin. We transfer the human consciousness between bodies to live eternal life. Oh, I was going to say with the eddies thing. So, yeah, he gives you, you owe him 21,000 eddies. So that happens like literally within the first, I guess you do your first job and then you go there straight away, don't you? So within the first like couple of hours of the game. But there's still the option there to pay him up front before you've had a chance to earn any money at all. So like it must be possible just to not do that mission go and earn all of the money that you need and pay him straight away which i thought was great
1: or it's the way the game's just letting you like again giving you that realism of like oh yeah if you had the money you'd be able to pay him
0: but you don't have it right now Mm, true but like Nightsey at that point like is open to you isn't it yeah it's true that you don't have to go that way like you could go and grind for the fucking police if you wanted to (laughs) and earn all the money that you need
1: Yeah, I mean, on that, like, there are so many side jobs and gigs. Like, an overwhelming number, actually. That was one of the things I thought they could have just slayed back on or at least spaced them out a lot more. Like, my phone, you have this little phone, kind of like the GTA games, that rings and people text you and you can respond on message with these pre-scripted responses and it was constantly going in an annoying way and sometimes i felt like it didn't really work like for instance i was in a meeting with someone and as they were
0: walking away from me yeah. i'd get a text from them and i was like huh yeah yeah and also it gives you the option to answer your phone but then just answers it automatically if you don't pick it up which i thought was a bit weird. does it yeah
1: oh i never left it that long i always <laughs> answered And that is funny.
0: I don't know if that's a bug. It's like... And it says press T to answer your phone. I often thought, like, I don't feel like talking to that person now. And then they just answer the phone anyway. Really? Because I noticed it did the
1: other thing as well, where if it's not prompting you to call someone and you just call them sometimes you can get through and have, like, a really benign conversation, Mm. but other times you just can't get through. Mm. Like, they just don't answer, which is kind of classic. It's like they can't endlessly have dialogue to hand ready to Mm. reveal for you. Maybe that's the the peak that we were talking about before when they've got, like, GT3 or whatever that... GT3? GPT3? Whatever that AI word language processor is called. And when they've got all their characters add
0: living scripts from that on the fly. Natural conversation based on personality parameters, yeah. God, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> <That> would
1: be... <laughs> Our entire experience of playing would be different, like yours and mine. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're that far off it. No, no. But anyway... Eddies. The reason I love the concept of Eddies is because they are European dollars. Yes. EDs. Colloquially known as Eddies. Euro like, that's dollars. enough
0: to love them straight away, right? I also did love the fact that they were called Eurodollars. Such a funny mishmash.
1: I actually really like that sort of background world element that the United States has broken up. There's been like corporate wars. Some of the stuff is really kind of, well, plausible, but also just so sinister. Mm. I'm guessing this is a totally parallel universe because obviously 2077, for the scale of the tech that is going on in this world, it's not doable on our time frame. And the events they reference historically from the 90s and the noughties, for instance, Mm. obviously didn't take place. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just a parallel universe which has deviated from ours technologically a little bit. But I mean, some of the stuff was, was awesome. Like I read about the Aviation Extermination Act. Did you read that? No. Where as a result of increasing bird flu, they basically pass a law to kill all the birds within 18 miles of the city. <laughs> and so like, that's just standard. Mm. And after reading that, I was kind of already a bit, whoa, that's mad. And then later in the game, you're sat chatting with the bodyguard. What's his name again? Takemora. Takemora? Yeah. You're sat chatting with him and he spots a cat. And it's, like, this amazing thing. And he's like, ''I've never seen an animal in the city before.'' Uh, And I was like, ''Shit, yeah, I haven't seen an animal either.'' And then he says, ''It started with the birds, and then it was the dogs, ''and the cats lasted longest.'' Kind of thing. This idea that just humanity, like a cancer or a virus, has just taken over everything.
0: Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area.
1: There is another organism
0: on this planet that f- follows
1: the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus.
0: <laughs> That's pretty really cool. And speaking of aviation extermination, there's one little scene in it where you go to meet someone and it's this massive French guy and he's just kind of working in this chicken shop and you meet him. He just gets this cleaver, chops off this chicken's head, wraps it up in newspaper and then starts walking and you're like... Oh my God, like that was, it was so so graphic that bit. You follow him, have a conversation as you're walking, and then he like drops off the chicken wrapped in the newspaper to just this random person as like along the way. So cool. Placide, that is, isn't it? Placide, yeah. He's awesome, that guy. That whole sort
1: of gang are really awesome. Pacifica, yeah. They're a classic example of like they've developed this whole almost sort of ideology and this Mm. group of people that they introduce to the game. You assume, Oh, these are going to be really, really big players in the game. They're going to have such major roles. And already they seem that way. And they're giving you instructions and you're kind of getting in with their gang and building up your rep. And then within sort of like hours of playing the game, they're all just eliminated. And that's it. You're moved on to the next thing. And you're like, Whoa, like they're just discarding great material. They've got so much of this stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah that little subculture stood out to me as one where i just thought wow like i really feel like i'm in a, a totally different part of the city at this point
1: i tagged along with a gang of bag of bonds, but my plans to bond went badly wrong i got nervous trying to rob purses long before the cops surfaced i force not perfect yeah subculture is a good way of describing it actually
0: what's my saying i'm still trying to
1: because they also have their own sort of politics almost Mm. it's like outside of the corporate state and the government and the media and the media in and of themselves seem like you know that you've got the classic backlash of people being like the mainstream media and like you can hear the coverage from the media seems like really biased and all this kind of stuff it almost seems like Within Night City, you have got these sort of ghettos and communities, mm. and like actually, the—I mean, it's all pretty lurid. But like, one of the red light districts is called Jig Jig Street. <laughs> when you go there, it's like Chinatown, basically, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, although you've done it again because it's actually called Japan Town. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ! Somebody, Somebody stop me! <laughs> You know, that means I can't edit out my first faux pas now. I was going to edit it out, but I can't anymore.
0: Oh, shame. In Japantown, they've got... Well, a classic Japanese trope is the cherry blossom tree. But in the cyberpunk version of it, they've got hologram cherry blossom trees, but they simulate the blossoms falling off the trees really nicely. I thought they were beautiful. I love cherry blossom trees, and I was like, I love these holographic (laughs) cherry blossom trees as well.
1: They are really cool. And they've also got, as you're walking along the street, they've got all those lanterns everywhere. Mm. And then in through... You know how, I guess, if you walk through a red light district now, you'd have, like potentially real models in the window they're all holographic Mm. so you've got like these sort of tubes that have the holograms in of various people doing titillating things but also when you go inside some of the nightclubs they've got these huge water tanks and inside the water tanks there's like dancers with breathable apparatus on and they're doing this cool water dancing I was like these are just genuinely great ideas like (laughs) where are these clubs doing this (laughs) stuff
0: (laughs) Uh
1: nice. But that being said, like, they're all the kind of places that I would never go to. Like, as someone in the real world, you know, grounded with my own sensibilities, there's no chance that I would dare to go to somewhere like that. Even if it wasn't a case of ethics, mm. even if it was a case of safety alone, like feeling comfortable in those areas, you never would do it. But within the parameters of the game and the bounds of the game and the rules, it's just, a, it's just really interesting. My
0: milkshake brings all aboard. that's what i was going to say yeah like everywhere feels dangerous basically a different gang kind of owns each section of the city the city itself is a city state with a mayor and a police force and stuff but it's kind of tacitly acknowledged that like they're basically just another gang that sits on top of all the other gangs (laughs) and either like accepts them or fights with them or, or whatever it's not like an orderly place at all and so you get to see who's wanted by the police i didn't do any of the police quests because i just thought i'm i'm not an arc basically like it really wants you to but i was like ah. i
1: did quite a few yeah did you <laughs> but i actually really like that the specialist's kind of swat military arm of the police is called max tack yeah. and there's loads of theories about them about how they're all like cyber psychos and stuff and their whole role or it's what seems to be their whole role, is to shut down instances of cyberpsychosis, which is a little bit like the nanophage, I guess, mm. in um, Observer, the game we did previously. I thought the same. Where someone just goes mental because of their body's reaction to all of the implants they've had. And so they'll do, like, a massive shooting and stuff. But then Max Maxtac come in, and the whole idea behind them seems to be that they're a massive show of force, and, like, they brutally put this person down as, like... A sign to everyone else like we are the power kind of thing Mm. and you hear I can't remember if you speak to someone or it's on a broadcast or something because there's so many so many information avenues Mm. as there is in the world Mm. but like you feel like you're getting information from so many different sources in there but one of them in particular says that this guy witnessed an incident where there was a guy a cyber psycho committed a shooting and then he sat down peacefully put his gun down and sat on the side of the road and Max Tax showed up and rather than just arresting him because he wasn't armed or whatever, they shot at him and then he picks up his gun again and goes on a massive shooting spree and it's this huge battle. The whole thing being like Max Tack are just fucking cyber psychos themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they don't give a shit about the actual context.
0: You look like your average bust. This ain't your average badges. It's Max Tack. It's EPD's Apex Predators tech rolls in when things fly out of hand. up there though. Just a midday snack for him. I probably would have done the police missions eventually, although there was some like anti-union broadcast on the police, which made me think, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm definitely not working for the police. But basically I just thought, how am I gonna choose what to do in this game? And so I I did it as like, what do I really want to do? If something gives me a reason not to do it then I'm probably not going to because I've got all of these other options to pursue first. Yeah.
1: Did you do the side quest with the policeman who's suicidal?
0: No, didn't do any of them. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Alright. Uh, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man.
1: Well, that's not one of the police quests. It's just your neighbour. You start out in this apartment block and your neighbour's called Barry mm. and there are some police like trying to get a hold of him by knocking on the door. And you can choose to intervene and chat with him on their behalf. And it turns out he was a former policeman. Oh, really? R- right at the start. Yeah. Ah. And he's quit the force because he's just so depressed and he's like feeling suicidal and like he's he was asked to do something by a senior member of the police force that he wasn't comfortable with. And he says it was like the last straw because he's seen loads of it and all this kind of stuff. And it felt like a you know, totally plausible story, to be frank. Wow,
0: yeah, that sounds really nuanced and and realistic for sure. But
1: then it has a classic cyberpunk twist, (laughs) because you track down, he references this one guy that he's been able to pour all his travels into, and you track it down, and it's not a guy at all, it's a turtle that's died, (laughs) or a tortoise. So, that's a bit weird.
0: (laughs) Nice. Because, yeah, like, your contact from the police, like, you do trust her and you get the impression that she's trying to, like, reform it from within and that, like, not all elements... that, Like, you talked about the Max stack. Yeah, she's kind of like, what's going on with these people? But, yeah, no, I never followed through with it.
1: There's an AI car mm. <laughs> called Delamain... Did you do any of his quests? Because he's the guy who initially takes you to the heist at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And he's a totally conversant AI, isn't he? It's like he's got his own consciousness. Mm-hmm. And his cars get hijacked. And because he's taking you to the heist at the beginning, he knows about you. And so he's like, look, can you just deal with it? It's a really bad look for yeah. <laughs> my company.
0: I'm aware you offer a broad range of services and are unusually discreet. Thus, I'd like you to assist me in recovering my missing vehicles. No, I didn't do those quests. That's just too much, isn't it? That's
1: the thing. Even now, I haven't got to Act 2, I don't think. I certainly don't remember seeing a splash screen with Act 2 written across the screen.
0: I think you must have done, because I got to Act 2. And looking at your achievements, we've got some similar achievements, which are story related.
1: Oh, maybe I just didn't notice it splash up then.
0: After the first Keanu flashback, where you go in and do the attack on Arasaka Tower... It pops up with Act 2 after that
1: bit. Ah, uh, fair enough.
0: And you've done that bit, right?
1: Yeah, 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 of course, yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. So let's talk about Keanu Reeves then because I know, I know previously Death Stranding being the clearest example of this that you were just, your position on this is like get movie actors out of video games. I don't want them in there. Like I want the video game to take me away from the real world and real actors remind me of the real world. <laughs> Did this change your opinion of that? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Like
1: maybe it's just because... He's Keanu Reeves, for God's sake. (laughs) He's like, nice guy Keanu, you know? Like, he's famous for that scene on the subway where he gets up to let someone else sit down. He's a likable character, even when he's playing an unlikable character. Mm. And actually, that's what's quite comedy about this role, is it's so Keanu, like, the whole way through. Like, he's trying to be this, like, yeah, smash it up, just kill him. God, I'm so bored. And you're listening to it thinking, like, oh, isn't he lovely? You give him a big hug. Mm. (laughs) So, in a way... I guess that does chime with my original idea that it took me out of it because very much he's Keanu Reeves over Johnny Silverhand. But I didn't mind it in this and I'm not sure whether that's because it was Keanu Reeves instead of poor bloke whose name I can't remember but who acted Daryl in The Walking Dead. Hi, I'm Norman Reedus. In Death Stranding, I just felt like I literally was him the whole way through. Whereas in this, you're not keanu reeves character he is a character in it but you are not him mm. and so as a result i think i don't know whether i minded as
0: much what did you think i loved it i don't really know why but it kind of sprinkles it with a kind of stardust like it makes you feel like you're hanging out with a celebrity <laughs> in like <laughs> <laughs> yeah in a really <laughs> weird way i mean i get badly starstruck ever like do you remember when i met in the sitcom spaced which has simon Pegg in? at one point he's replaced in the comic book shop by, like just someone that looks like Simon Pegg. And this guy is not famous, like that's probably the only TV appearance he had. And I met him once in the pub and I was so starstruck by it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if I just have a sort of starstruck condition because it's not like I revere celebrities or anything like that. But yeah, in this I felt a little bit starstruck by hanging out with Keanu Reeves for an hour a day. It was bizarre. So I track in slightly that is an interesting phenomenon, isn't it,
1: being starstruck? Because I remember seeing Ricky Gervais, not in real life. Like, I literally went to see his his stand-up mm. in Oxford, I think. And when he came on, he came on on one of those, like, wheelie things. You know, like, they've got one wheel at the front. I can't remember what they're called now. But he came, like, gliding out onto the stage. And just my heart like went so fast and like everyone stood up to applaud him and i was just like oh my god it's freaking amazing and he was like fucking miles away from me welcome to the stage creator of the office an expert writer
0: director actor producer philanthropist winner of three golden globes two prime time and seven BAFTAs. all the way from england Mr. Ricky Gervais! Hello!
1: Hello! And, you know, this was many years ago before I had the opportunity to despise him as much as I do <laughs> these days. I still find him funny, to be clear. I still, you know, enjoy listening to him. But certainly his character, his Ricky Gervais character at least, wasn't as well known as it is now. And yet, yeah, I was just kind of amazed what is that what is that that goes on i don't think it is just you man i think it's all of us Mm. i agree i don't consider myself someone who reveres or or idolizes celebrities but there is something about seeing
0: one in the flesh that kind of makes you social conditioning Mm. it's gotta be and this game makes it feel like you've got him to yourself but there are loads of dialogue options he said like you're speaking to him all the time because he's in your head on this chip it's like a construct of his soul which is like trapped in your body And even bits which aren't to do with the main story, he'll just, like, appear casually, like, on the side of a bench or leaning on a wall or something and just be, like, commenting on a thing which is going on in the world. It just feels like a personal hangout with Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It
1: does, actually. I'd be interested to know as well, because the game gives you a lot of choices to... uh... Partake with him, mm. so he's like getting hammered, and he's like encouraging you to, or he's like, take a cigarette, take a cigarette, have a cigarette, and your character doesn't really smoke to begin with, or maybe it does, and yeah, each of those decisions. Initially, I remember being like, no, nah, I'm not going to smoke, like I don't smoke, so why would I in the game? And then he was like, oh, go on, go on, have a cigarette, and I was like, ah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> I'm in Night City, I'm playing a video game, I'll have a sneaky pack. <laughs> and the same but then i did the opposite with drinking so like every time they bust out a drink and it's a, and the game prompts you drink i'm like nah, i'm gonna be like some sort of weird teetotaler in this game
0: <laughs> that's funny oh what was i gonna say oh yeah because th- there's a massively tongue-in-cheek moment at the beginning when it first appears in your head and you're back at your apartment being like what the hell's going on where your friend misty gives you these blockers like you can either block Keanu, with these omega blockers, or you can encourage it, like, make it happen faster. Basically, it's like, do you want to kill yourself? But it's a red, blue, and a bit blue pill. (laughs) I mean, like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, I did think that
1: with the cat moment as well, actually. I was expecting him to be like, déjà vu. Oh, déjà vu. What did you just say? Nothing, just
0: a little déjà vu.
1: What
0: did you see? What happened?
1: A black cat went past us, and then another that looked just like it.
0: How much like it? Was it the same cat?
1: Might have been, I'm not sure. Switch, APOC. Hey, nice. <laughs> that nice. is funny. Do you think they only put that in there for that as well? Because they didn't even manage to write that bit away, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like, your character's like, why would I want that? And she's like, oh, you never know, you never know. I mean, maybe it does become relevant later on, because we're both not far
0: enough through to know. But you you don't actually get to choose to take them, though, do you? Mm-hmm there's one qu- quite long scene with him after a story mission where there's a dialogue option from the start to just be like fuck off and take the blue pill and block it out
1: oh yeah, yeah. but
0: instead you can just go on and keep in talking to-, to johnny for the whole time so it's like makes the conversation optional
1: yeah but that's a specific sort of scripted moment mm. versus like you're walking around in the world and Johnny shows up. You can't go into your inventory or your yeah, backpack true, true, and true. take one of the pills that you've got. Yeah, in fact, true. I don't even think they're present in your backpack. Are they?
0: No, I don't think so. Although my backpack was so full of like junk food (laughs) to be honest I don't really know what's in there you can pick up so much stuff yeah did
1: you consume anything I picked up everything and didn't consume anything I just
0: disassemble
1: everything for my crafting ability because it's got that same thing as like oblivion had where like the more you do shit the higher your experience Mm. is in that area and you get little perks yeah athletics being a good example but not just that like crafting for instance I just pick up everything and then disassemble it and you get a little crafting XP. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's
1: quite silly that i mean it's not as bad as oblivion where i remember literally just having my character jumping while i was like eating my dinner and shit so that he would just be ranking up its jump or whatever that was
0: yeah <laughs> yeah classic
1: i understand the fighters guild is hiring new members not bad work
0: for some folks i see bye take care that's kind of joyful though those sorts of things in games i reckon yeah like it's so gamey but it's yeah it's great yeah and also you don't like i say you don't want it to be too
1: real like the reason i felt like i could enjoy the fact that it is so i guess for want of a better word like perverted in some senses Mm. is because it's not real it is a game like if, if there was a degree of realism to it like an uncomfortable degree of realism that wouldn't be enjoyable that would actually be quite nauseating mm. <laughs> but the world it's created it is it's it's exciting in all the right ways I, I don't know I think that really worked for me in a way that kind of like the same vision of the future was depicted in Observer even with the nanophage and stuff but I didn't like the world in that and for that you'll probably recall and this as well that I did feel really uncomfortable mm. with some of the scenes in it and some of the dialogue that felt quite sickening whereas this sort of feels liberating
0: in a crazy way yeah the tone of those two games is, is completely different for sure Like, there's definitely room to hate the world in cyberpunk I think but there is also room to, to enjoy it and have fun in it which I mean there just isn't an observer hmm.
1: just before we wrap what do you think of the driving in the game because obviously oh, driving yeah. should be a key, a key part of it because it's so big and you have to get from A to B etc but actually there's these fast travel stations and I kind of enjoyed being on foot more because you can engage with the world yeah same and driving was clunky as shit what did you think
0: yeah well I mean I don't play driving games and I haven't played GTA game for I don't know maybe since like GTA 3
1: <laughs> Oh, my God, mate. These podcast admissions, I'm going to make a little list of them and humiliate you at some stage. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Why haven't you played GTA since GTA 3? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't think I played GTA 4, but maybe I did Well,
1: because one of the reasons I thought this was close to GTA, aside from the obvious sort of world-based stuff, is because your character's called V, and in uh, Vice City, you're Mr. V. Ah, Tommy Brissetti.
0: Good spot, good spot.
1: Hey, hey, it's Mr. V.
0: Well, Vice City and San Andreas are the ones that I remember most strongly playing and uh, I don't know a decade ago over a decade ago and I remember the driving in that feeling a hell of a lot better than the driving feels in this game so uh, maybe that's my my nostalgia playing tricks on me but I did think like, is this how driving should feel in a game? (laughs) I'm no expert, but it doesn't feel very good.
1: Yeah, I thought it felt whack as well. And like in one of the early missions, it gives you the opportunity to lean out of a window and shoot and it tells you how to do all this stuff while you're driving. And I swear down, as soon as that mission was ended, I never felt the need to do those (laughs) things again. And now when I'm driving around, I'm genuinely like, how do you do anything while you're driving?
0: Yeah, nah, you can only lean out the window when you're a passenger. It hasn't got that like drive-by thing that you can do in GTA. Yeah, I don't think at all. All oh, right, But that feels really good in GTA, but, like, yeah, it's not really good in this.
1: The music... Like, in GTA, obviously, the radio stations are, like, a big part of it, and they've sort of tried to do that in this as well. And I really like the ra- radio stations and TV broadcasts that come up during the loading of the game mm-hmm. and, like, loading of your saves, where it, like, references story developments and your own progression. And I like the ones that you kind of see on screens around the world. But the radios in the cars always seem to be on like horrible music I was just like Jesus Christ how do I turn this shit off
0: oh you can change the radio station I like I thought the radio stations are good I did hear the same song over and over again but it kind of doesn't matter like when they've gone to the trouble to make song which is for the game like this one which is like which i heard about 10 times but i was like fair (laughs) enough you've actually like recorded a whole track for the game i guess you want to get your money's worth with it was it just that one or are there loads of that was the one i noticed whereas it's it's just quite good level of detail i thought it's like when
1: um radiohead made an appearance was it radiohead or was it just johnny greenwood in that harry potter film as like the weird sisters or whatever.
0: Are you there? <laughs> I, <laughs> like I, I learned to rock and roll. I spin around like a crazy elf. I dancing by himself. I boogie down like a unicorn
1: and no stop until the break of dawn. To be honest, it's one of those games that I I know that you're a little bit with someone who's like, oh, I play for the pod or whatever. I'm a bit disappointed that I'm gonna have to start playing another game now. Cause I would happily spend at least another 25 hours in this game, and I know I'm not distracted by Pokemon, Teo, which I know for a fact you have been. Little Mr. 18 hours. How many went into Pokemon? I bet on the Switch. Teo's pulling
0: a face and looking guilty as sin. Team Rocket's quite a lot quite a lot the new pokemon game is really good but i can play that with my partner i can't play cyberpunk 2770 with her we've both got our switches it's really cute Mm. you don't think so you were like as a grown adult i don't think i can bring myself to play a pokemon (laughs) game (laughs) because i i obviously i really wanted to play it for the pod because i was like "Mm, two birds with one stone (laughs) this is convenient but nah maybe i'll try and write a written review of it or something
1: yeah do that which is a way of reminding people that we do have
0: some written reviews
1: on the website on the amazing self-coded website that teo's put together pixelvision.net <laughs> so go there read some of the reviews listen to the pod sign up to the patreon yeah. <laughs> yes, <true. laughs> visit our
0: twitter <laughs> twitter.com forward slash pixelviz send us some feedback that's still what we're missing listener feedback we love hearing from our listeners mm. can't get enough of them but yeah no i think that's a, r- a wrap as well the only thing i didn't mention which I wanted to mention was just how cool it is when characters in the game speak in different languages cuz the whole game's subtitled but it's like the subtitles are part of your like augmented vision and when characters speaking other languages it like goes <makes noise> and like changes the translation yes. to be in english it's so cool
1: it's like a sort of ar version of the babel fish from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy you know he has that device he puts in his ear and it, uh, yes, it converts yes, 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 stuff yes. on the fly exactly. this is like a visual one and i totally thought this was plausible as well because you hear their original language mm-hmm. before you like see the subtitles come up yeah. on screen yeah amazing
0: that's so but as
1: you were talking about that i felt i was doing that crisp pratt face from Parks and Rec where he's like, whoa! (laughs) Because, yeah, I loved that as well. Some of the tech just felt like, you know, we're not that far away, I don't reckon. Mm. Hopefully we are far away from the Fourth Corporate War, the Unification War and the dismantling of the United States, but who knows, judging by last January? The January before last, I should say.
0: Yeah, I don't actually know what you're referencing now, what you're referencing.
1: What? Where have you been living? In a cockerel's boot?
0: (laughs) The insurrection at the Capitol, mate. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, Trump yes, Trump yes, yes.
1: inciting an angry mob well, you know, to keep him in power.
0: When when me and your brother were driving around America and, and hitchhiking in Oregon, a couple of people we spoke to were like, there's going to be a revolution in America in our lifetimes. And Dom and I were laughing at them at the time, but maybe they were right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do think the US is probably one of
0: those places where it's actually
1: faintly plausible. Mm. But I mean, there's always been the people who are like, there'll be a revolution in our lifetimes, right?
0: Pretty decent army they've got over there in America. I don't think they're fairly secure.
1: Yeah, but there's a fuck ton of private armies as well. What? This is turning into like a conspiracy <laughs> theory podcast. Uh, rebranding as Joe Rogan Experience, take two. Um. <laughs> the Tao <laughs> Sharma Experience.
0: Alright, alright, alright. It's a it's a it's a different thing. Um so well this is awkward. What are we playing next? Because we never actually decided. <laughs> shit, have we not? Do you want to quickly look at the list? And see what's yeah, there. Okay. Or do you have anything on, on your radar?
1: Are there any that we've both crossed? Oh shit, no there aren't. Fuck, you've put loads on there. I don't think I've put anything on. Uh you can get rid of animal crossing, mate. There's not a fucking chance I'm doing that
0: game. <laughs> Nice try. Well, I mean, I might as well put it on there, right? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Oh, we could finally do Monster Prom.
1: I don't know, we already talked about sexy shit this time. I don't want it to become like a proper pervy pod, do you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) I don't think it will. I really want to do a dating sim.
1: Oh shit, I feel like we're gonna have to do Monster Prom, aren't we? Look at your little face, you're so bloody happy. I feel like this was planned. Alright, so what are we playing next, Ben? We are playing, somewhat
0: begrudgingly, <laughs> but after much deliberation, Monster Prom. Yay! You get to you get to relive your Monster University days, uh, and it got a lot of praise on launch. And I don't think you've ever played a dating sim. I definitely haven't played a dating sim. Yeah,
1: Terry's been lobbying me to play this game. Can I just say, and it's only through my own. Lack of preparation for this podcast that we've ended up playing Monsters. So that'll give you a rough idea as to my headspace going in, but I hope to be uh,
0: convinced otherwise. Yeah. And certainly the acclaim seems like it might do that. Yeah. I think it'll be short, it'll be sweet, and we'll have some funny stories to tell from it and deepen your understanding of the broad range of gaming genres which exist in these days.
1: I'm already looking forward to hearing your intro, Teo. <laughs>
0: Internal Cylinder looks really interesting. It's kind of like Spore. Do you remember Spore? Anyway, one of those games where, like, you choose your species and, like, your mutations and your, your species is, like, grown on a planet. But for some reason, this planet has this giant, rolling, flaming cylinder, which is, like, <laughs> absorbing, the, like, crushing the land. So at the same time as, like, protecting your species as a member of the species, you've got to escape from this giant rolling cylinder.
1: Uh, okay.
0: I mean, maybe. That looks different. We haven't done a space game in at least two podcasts. Everyone's raving about Psychonauts too, and apparently that's like that won a bunch of awards, didn't it?
1: Psychonauts?
0: I didn't play the first one, which is a bit of a shame.
1: I didn't play the first one either. That's a platformer,
0: is it? Yeah. Nah. What's inscription? Oh, it's a deck builder. Unfortunately, it's a deck builder, yeah. What's insurmountable? Oh, it's about climbing. It looks a bit bland, to be honest. Okay. I don't know why I put it on there. It's like a roguelike where you, like, climb a mountain. I mean, this is another pod right here. This is
1: (laughs) briefly summarising games that we don't want to cover.
0: (laughs) The bonus episode. Oh, man. I'm recording, Mum.